is an internationally acclaimed leading Australian garden designer and these are his garden rudimentals. A blueprint series on the basics of garden craft. It's autumn at Stonefields, the beautiful house of Paul Bangay. Hello, Paul. Good afternoon. And that means a spot of colour. Beautiful colour at this time of the year. And um, this has been a very good autumn for colour. Why so? Well, it, I don't think it's exactly proven why that is, but it's a combination of, I think, I think it's a combination of moisture, mm. daylight hours and temperature. And I tell you why it's moisture, because if we have a particularly dry, hot summer and start to autumn, our leaves just tend to go brownish right? with not much colour. But we've had a, quite a, a nice bit of rain in late autumn, and it's been quite cool. So we've got all this beautiful colour this And it's a year. nice slow transition. It has been a very right. slow transition. By the Boston Ivy here. Oh, my oh. favourite thing <laughs> in the world. So when I first built Stonefields... Um, I came from an old house in Woodend, and I just adore old houses. And I built this this huge, great, big thing, and it looked so raw sitting in the in the landscape. Quick, Ivy, <laughs> no. And I thought, what the hell? Where have I where have I come to? And and, and the first thing I did was lime wash it the same colour as the soil. Uh -huh. So we've got that red soil, so that browny red colour. I lime washed it. That really helped. But what really gave the house a great sense of establishment and character was putting the Boston Ivy on it. And it just grows so fast. So for all our Latin lovers, it's Parthiosissus tricuspidata. Is that a, because it's quite a big leafed And that's the variety. special, that's yeah. the special one, the tricuspidata is the one you've got to ask for. It's the big leafed one, self-clinging, and you just get rewarded with this magnificent red colour in the autumn. And it's a good climber, is it not? It's not too intrusive. It's not. It's like very a, intrusive. It like, is intrusive. Yes. Oh, wrong. So, <laughs> wrong. <laughs> it's great for clothing a house. So I love it because it gives you that sense of age, but it also protects you from the summer sun. So it keeps the sun off the house. Mm -hmm. And, it, you know, then in winter you get the lovely sun on the house, but it's self-clinging, but it will run quite fast. It literally grows overnight. But it won't get into your mortar or anything? It like won't that. get into your mortar, okay, but you want that's... to keep it trimmed out of the eave line yep. and around the windows. You don't want it yeah. going into your woodwork, I guess, is the well, thing. Well, that, that's your winter work, isn't it, once the... Well, no, that's the summer work, because it's literally every two weeks we do that clipping. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's you know, quick. You know, Stonefields, it's, it's, not, it's, it's... high on maintenance. <laughs> There was me thinking, oh, well, you just clip that back with the leaves of dropped. But if you've got a wall where you can let it just run, like just smother the whole wall, yes. it's just sort of But it's kind of nice, though, when it has a little bit of form to it as well. You know, yeah, it, it is. It has a straight edge as well as that sort of Oh, wildness. that's what I love about it here. You know, we trim it around the round windows. Hmm. So we left the moulding free, and then we just got this sort of um, ring of foliage around it. It's that sort of crispness of the architecture versus the sort of shagginess it's sort of, of a, a formal softening. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic for softening. Um, and of course, you know, I planted this woodland up. So, you know, we come past the house in this lovely sort of informal path that doesn't line up with everything. So it creates this sense of mystique. You've got to go around a corner to, to see something. And I planted it with two of the best autumn colouring um, trees I think you can get. Sugar maples and pin oaks do well in most parts of Australia. Sugar maple gives you this like orange and red russet so tones. Isn't it? Like that yeah. real intensity. That's I think the maples give you the best colour really. And at this point of autumn too, where it's a combination, you know, the outer 
outer tips of those branches have, have turned beautifully and some have actually dropped their leaves but in the in the belly of the tree there's but, still green leaves exactly and and these are all these are all a variety called pacific sunset they're all the same variety but a lot of variation in, in between tree and tree like some are you know the red some of the orange some of the yellows and some of them um, color up at different times slightly so it's amazing the genetic variation you get between them gosh this is a beautiful time <laughs> i love autumn i really jonathan i love autumn the other thing we just brush past casually is the hydrated quercifolia yes with the lovely oak shaped leaves but they go a lovely deep red as well it's good not to be too eager to cut them back yes no to to, to have that autumn show from them yeah people want i mean i think you cut back your hydrangeas as possibly as as late as you can but not many people think of hydrangeas giving you autumn color Mm. And even the normal macrophyllas, the big pom-pom ones, they, if you leave the flowers on, they will go a lovely deep pink. So, you know, a lot of, they, they do reward you with autumn colour hydrangeas. I've been much too hasty with mine. I'm yes. making, making a mental note. Just keep those pruning shears in your pocket. <laughs> I do love your woodland, and it's now got a, a bed of leaves amongst the hellebores. It's really important we collect all the leaves and put them back on the garden beds. Mm-hmm. So remember that, you know, I can remember when I was growing up how there were always piles of leaves in the street being burnt. Do you remember I them do, on fire, do, smoking white? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the wrong thing to do. No, keep those leaves. <laughs> and the right thing to do is not throw them out, put them back on the garden beds because they make the best mulch. Now tell us what's happened around here because normally there's quite a lush border around this, this lawn. So everything is dying down for the winter. Um, all our perennials that survive underneath, our herbaceous perennials that grow underneath the, the, the um, big trees are all dying down for the winter. So the Solomon seal, you're going that lovely yellow colour, that's dying down. Um, the hostas are all dying down. So all the all the lower foliage plants are, are going to bed for winter. And there are those those maples. Maples maples in the foreground and the pin oaks in the background. Yeah. So you see the pin oaks give you that sort of really deep red. Good dark, really sort of dark, dark red, tone, isn't, it? isn't it? Yeah, they're nice they're a nice combination, aren't they? Between the two. Yeah, great show. Will we go I've got another autumn tree for you. Yes please. I mean it's always good to have a variety of trees in different sizes. So um the much much forgotten meddlers. Ah, we've got round the corner here, and they're of a scale that's of a good size. With people. their strange, spectacular fruit, and no one knows what to do with the what fruit. What to do with it? <laughs> so med- I always get all, jelly. I always get all this fruit, and <laughs> I offer it to everyone. I offer it to Annie, and she won't accept it. Like no one will make the jelly for me. That's but they go this beautiful autumn colour again. Well, they, that's worth having on its own account. Well, it is, and they give you lovely white flowers in the spring. Nice how the oaks, the oaks will be uh, among the last, I imagine, to turn. Yeah, they're, they're, they're the English oaks. Um, yeah, they, they, they see a lot of variation again. That one's turning, mm. these ones are not turning. Yeah, but they're one of the last things to turn. Not much colour you get from an English oak. That's not their great beauty, sadly. But the pin oaks behind, you can see the colour yes. in those. Almost a crimson. Yeah. Now, what are these? So these are our crab apples, yep. Sabalus floribunda. Again, not, you know, spectacular spring flowering trees. Um, not much in terms of autumn colour, sadly. They go a lot sort of a butter yellow, but not, not, not a great sort of intensity still, of colour. That's still a thing, especially in an Australian setting too. You know, yeah. the, the deciduous tree is a, is a standout. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, inner city trees... Uh, it, it's invaluable having deciduous trees, isn't it? Because you, you really need to get that winter sunlight into your garden and into your house. Yeah. Um, it does give you the best of both worlds. It does. The scarlet oak around the corner here, of course, gives us beautiful colour. That's, that's one oak that does colour up beautifully. 
Certainly well-named. Yeah. <laughs> Scarlet. <laughs> um, it's great, isn't it? It's got to be very cold to get that real sort of intense colour to it. I was in Queenstown, um, New Zealand, two weeks ago, and the colour there was just so much better than the colour here. Huh. Just I think just because of that temperature change. Yeah. Just that just that little bit cooler. But even so, it's it's quite a, it's a dramatic, it's, it's a slightly... Slightly unnatural. So it's quite sin- it's sinister, it? yes. don't you think? Yeah. Imagine a forest of all those. Wouldn't that be wonderful to walk through? It's spooky. It's spooky. <laughs> and then, Jonathan, I thought we'd go to a, a, an activity I, I do every autumn and I look forward to very much. What, is, what would is that be? <laughs> potting up my tulips. How many tulips do you <laughs> tend to pot up each year, Paul? Um, well, this... <laughs> Only 600 in my pots, but we plant 4,000 tulips in the garden a year. That's the number I was looking for. <laughs> the big numbers. <laughs> so 4,000 go into the into the parterre, 4,000 white tulips, clear water. And do they need to be lifted each year? Um, in theory, we don't need to lift them every year because if you have very free-draining soil and you plant them deep enough, they will survive from year to year. But we plant them in the parterre and we have this great conflict between the plant's dying down in the spring and mm. clipping the part here so it's early enough for it right. not to burn. Right. So we pull them out and put new ones in every year. Only how many was it again? 4,000. Okay. <laughs> now, for the pots, however... <laughs> oh, look, here we are. Far more manageable. <laughs> I collect these wonderful old coppers. Yes. And, and I think they're from old wash tubs. Well, they make a great pot. They, they, I find they're the best thing for tulips. They really are. They're just the perfect size. Like, if so you can find these old coppers, you find them at antique stores or junk you know, shops. They're sort of 30 centimetres deep. and, and Yeah, like 40 centimetres deep, maybe. 50 and or 60 in diameter. Exactly. Great pot. Very good pot. And I don't know whether the copper adds something to the growing, but they just seem to thrive well, in it's here. It's greened off. It's got that beautiful so verdigris to yeah, it, hasn't it? Yeah. So they look lovely and aged. How many bulbs in each of those? 50. Is that a lot? I'm just thinking that you're not one to do things by heart. No, I never by heart. But the important thing here is the lasagna method. Go on. Compost. Yeah. Or potting mix. We've got a commercial potting mix there. Just a, a sort of a quarter of it in potting mix. Put in your first layer of tulips, so 25 of them. Mm. More compost. And then put another layer of 25 tulips and then more compost over the and top what of does that. that do? It just makes them really thick so they, they support each other. And that quantity of 50, of 50 in there really gives you that sort of lush and full look. But I think the, the double layer, I mean, you couldn't squeeze 50 bulbs side by side, so the, the double layer okay. allows you to get the 50, okay. the 50 in there. And there's nothing really sadder than just one or two straggly no, bulbs. I know, it's terrible. You've got, I mean, tulips are one thing you've got to have in abundance, don't you think? Yeah, I think it helps. And and you're not tempted by... I mean, there's there's a few other colours of tulip. No, yeah, so I'm a bit purist about it. And I only do... We only do one colour per pot. But I, okay. I, think, I think next year I might start experimenting and putting several um, varieties in the one pot. Where will the pots go? So the pots, the pot, the pots go on the back terrace. Mm. So when we come in, so when you walk from the house, from the car to the house, we see them. Um, they're near the herb garden, so when we go out and pick the herbs, we can we can see them there. But I mean, they're great for people with balconies. Yes. Yeah. Like you know, they bring such joy to you in the springtime, in the late winter and spring. You know, they're they're, they're sort of something very easy to do for very small spaces. And the tulips will like the cold and and love the will, cold. That will tell them to you know that that sets their clock running. It does. Is it, I mean, is it getting a bit late 
for most other bulbs, or what, what's the what's to, your to sense plant of them? Yeah. No, no, you can no, you, we can, we can plant our tulips up for another two or three months. You know, you can go right to late June or July planting them. Okay. All the other bulbs, I mean, most of your bulbs you do plant in the autumn for, for spring flowering, mm. and you don't need the cold necessarily for the tulips to flower. They flower much better in the cold, but you can grow them in pots in sort of warmer areas like Sydney and, and a little bit further north, but they just won't come back the next year. So you'll, right. have to change, okay. you'll have to get new ones. New bulbs. New bulbs every year. But what, such a wonderful, wonderful joyful plant. So, okay, they're, they're the tulips in the pots. The Sorry, how many was it again in the parterre? 4,000. The 4,000 <laughs> in the parterre. When, when, when does that work start? Uh, that'll start soon. And um, we'll get them in in the next month or so, I'd say. And uh, it's quite an interesting way. Tim, our gardener, has, has come up with this invention where he puts something on the end of his drill mm. and it drills a hole into the ground and just pops a tulip in and covers it back over oh, that's cool so it's quite a fast process like a post hole yeah like a, a, a miniature post hole digger yes wow well i guess if you're planting sorry how many four thousand if you're planting four thousand tulips <laughs> a bit of mechanization is not a bad thing <laughs> and the variety we use there is clear water which mm. is a, a, it's a perfect right just clears the top of the box and so you get these little white heads floating above the the the, the box part here in right through the spring which must mean you need to keep that parterre to a certain height. Oh, yes, it's maintained at the same height every year. Because of the tulips? Because of, that's just what we want it to be. I mean, if you go around any of the big parterres in, in Europe, they're always trimmed to the same height every year. Quite a hard thing to do. Is there a universal standard? No, I don't think there is, but they, <laughs> they quite like being taken back to that old foliage. You can, oh. you can almost feel where they get cut back to from year to year. You can't let them grow too big because then you start to lose the shape of the parterre. Isn't this a wonderful thing, uh, this sense of the colour that surrounds us now with the, the, the plants moving into dormancy, they're preparing for that, that long chill and here you are uh, making preparations for the colour of spring when, when that dormancy is done. It's wonderful, isn't it? And of course that's what, that's what the colour is in the trees, it's the sugars being brought down from the, from the leaves that gives it the colour. So they're, you know, they're sort of preserving their energy for, for overwinter like and getting ready for spring. nuts. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Paul, thank you. What a, a splendid to see the, the autumn colours here at Stonefields. It's yeah, a glorious sight. Well, it's just a magical time of the year. For, I mean, I, I just adore autumn and I love spring. And, but everyone keeps asking me, what's my favourite season? That's winter. I just love mm. winter in the garden. We might talk about that next time. Yes. Thank you. ABCRN helps you understand the world. Find more of our stories on the ABC Listen app.